Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor Podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello, everyone. In today's episode, I wanted to share a behind-the-scenes view of what it was like to write the Visibility Factor book. The path was not always easy or straight, but the bottom line is not to give up. I had to keep reminding myself of that fact as I went through four years of learning how to write stories and how to share information in a way that the reader could really digest it, understand it, and be able to take away some good learnings. All of these things were not something that came naturally for me. I had written blogs for many, many years and felt like I would be able to translate writing blogs into writing a book. It seems very simple. It's just more words. But that wasn't really true. And so I wanted to share some of this with you because this book took four years to write, but it is a better book now because of those four years I spent not only learning how to do those things I just shared, but also learning about myself, learning about the importance of making myself visible and talking about the book, talking about the stories in there that I may not have been ready to share initially because I was still wearing some of the corporate armor that I had and wasn't willing to let go of. As I went through and wrote my first draft, as I went through the editing process and really looked at how those stories were coming out, I realized that I was reliving some of those experiences. Some of that was traumatic in some cases because those were difficult situations that I went through. And many of those situations, no one else had ever heard about from me. I had never shared them with anyone. I kept those all to myself. So when people read the book, I'm hoping that they see that I was vulnerable. I hope they see that I'm being a virtual coach for them. I hope that they see that you can work really hard, but if you don't talk about what you're doing, that people won't see it. People won't offer you opportunities if you don't ask for them. I wanted people to understand that being visible is easier than they think, and they can do it starting today. You don't have to brag. You can be authentic. You can be your best self but it's all about taking that time to take some action. So let me introduce for you how the Visibility Factor book was born. When I left Craft, one of my ideas was to write a book. I wanted people to learn the lessons that I had learned the hard way, but learn them in an easier way for them. Help them take action, help them learn how to do things that I didn't know how to do. Help them have a virtual coach to really walk them through the process. If truth be told, I really wanted to write a book much earlier than that. One of my favorite things that I used to do was to go to the library. I got a library card when I was two years old, and I loved going to the library and getting a stack of books and going to the kids section and sitting at the cute little tables and reading. And that love of reading has continued all the way through my life now. If you look at my Kindle, you'll see how many leadership books I have on there, as well as an Audible. And I love that you can learn new things. It can take you to different places and help you see different things. That's what I wanted people to have from this book. I wanted them to understand that they can take their visibility to whatever level they want to take it. And it doesn't have to be hard. So one of the things that I grew up with was a strong work ethic. 
my strong work ethic led me down the path of thinking that that's all I had to do was to work really hard and I'd get noticed and I'd get promoted. And that works up until a certain point. If you go back to episode one, you'll hear about my journey and how I learned about the importance of visibility and how I wasn't doing a great job of it and how I had to learn how to do it for myself. But to recap quickly for you, what I learned was that I was sitting in the back of the room. I was the invisible person who wasn't talking. I wasn't sitting at the table adding new ideas and contributing and recommending things. I wasn't standing up and talking about my team and what they were doing. I was hiding. I was invisible. And I needed to learn how to be visible. And so all of those things that I needed to learn, I wanted to put in a book for people. So when I left the company of craft and went out on my own to start my own business, the dream was to write a book. And I met a woman named AJ Harper about, I don't know, four years ago. And she helped me understand that it was possible. She helped me see that I had been writing blogs and I knew how to do that, but we needed to turn those blogs into something bigger and better. We needed to write stories that would connect with people and give them a way to see that it was possible for them. I'll tell you a funny story. When I wrote my first draft, she said, Sue, you are the most invisible person in your book. Isn't that interesting, right? I'm writing a book on visibility, and yet I'm still trying to hide. I'm still being invisible. I'm not talking about the things that I did at craft. I'm not talking about why I'm writing a book for visibility. In my head at that point, I was trying to teach people. I wasn't sharing vulnerable stories, and that took me a while to do that. So that's why it took me four years. If you ever decide to write a book, I hope you'll be open to being more vulnerable faster than I was. But it's a journey, and everybody has their own timeline and their own journey that they need to follow. Some of the keys to success for me in writing this book were that I had a great community of people, other authors who are also writing books. They are all writing different books maybe than I'm writing. Some are writing young adult books. Some are writing other business books. Some are writing fiction. And it's important that we have a community of people because it can be lonely to write a book. Think about getting up every day all by yourself and writing and writing and writing, and you're not talking to anybody. You're not getting feedback. So this community was absolutely crucial for me to have success. We used to get up every morning and write together. We had a group that got together every morning and wrote, and we'd time ourselves and give ourselves an hour of time to write, and then we'd go to work or we'd do whatever we needed to do, but we got our writing done every day. And that practice helped us get a lot of words out on a lot of pages. Those people are the people who helped me really get there. They helped keep me motivated when I wanted to give up. They helped me get there faster than I ever could have, even though it took me four years. You also have to have great experts around you. You have to have a great developmental editor. AJ played that role for me. She would read my book and help me organize things. It's not as easy as you think. You write all these words down and they kind of make sense to you in the way that you have them organized. But she could look at it with a gift of many years of experience and see that you could do it differently, Sue. You could make it better if you do it this way. Or you could include this and do something different here. You could take a client through a whole case study. Wouldn't that be helpful? Absolutely. Why didn't I think of that? The things that she taught me helped make this book so much more unbelievably better than it could have been originally. I also needed to have a great copy editor, a proofreader, and a graphic design artist who helped me with my cover. Those women have really changed everything for me. I loved all the things that they did. 
And AJ used to tell us when we'd write a first manuscript, don't worry about making it perfect. Your editor is going to be there and catch you. Your editor's going to be there to help you. I wanted to believe her, but when I gave my manuscript over to my editor, I couldn't believe how much better it was. The things she did, the way that she took the words and moved them around and made them simpler and more easy to read, more concise, helped me with so many things that I couldn't think about. With my graphic design person helping me look at multiple covers, helping me see what could really be possible, and helping me make the best choice. My proofreader gave me all kinds of ideas to help me make a much cleaner manuscript from a grammatical standpoint. Not always my strong suit. So think about the things that I had to do to make this book come to fruition, to make it come alive. There were a lot of steps, many of which I haven't even shared around publishing. But all of those people in that community worked with me together to help me make that happen. I've shared a little bit about the vulnerability that I had to show in this book. I wanted people to see that I wasn't perfect, even though I thought that was important when I first started this process. Vulnerability is about showing the imperfections that you have and helping people realize that they don't have to be perfect either. I shared relatable stories so that they could see themselves in my stories, in my experiences, in the things that I had been through. I wanted them to see that I didn't know how to do some of this stuff in the beginning, that I had to learn it the hard way, that they could do it too, that they could take small actions every day and make a difference for themselves. I share hundreds of actions in the book for whatever level of visibility you are at, whether you're a beginner or you're more at a senior level in an organization and have been visible for a period of time but want to take it to the next level. I wanted to include those actions even though I questioned it. Because I thought, what if someone reads the book and they have no idea where to begin? I didn't want them to think, huh, where do I start with this? That was how I felt. I didn't know where to start. So I wanted them to have a starting point. I wanted them to have a plan of action that they could follow. The RISE process is part of that. RISE is an acronym, but also a metaphor. The RISE acronym is reflect, ideate, select, and evaluate but it's a metaphor in terms of rising above what others are doing, helping you set yourself apart, helping you show yourself what you can do, even if you don't believe that you have the confidence to do it. One of the core messages that I had in the visibility factor was helping people see that they could do more than they think, that they can work really hard, but if they start to share their stories with other people, it's just sharing information. It's not bragging, it's just offering to help. It's giving examples of things that people could do that set themselves apart from other people. And ultimately, that's what you need to do. That's what people need to see from you to make a decision about whether they're going to promote you. They want to know, like, and trust that you can do the job. And the only way to do that is to get in front of them and to show that you can do the job. I call it putting a movie reel in front of people because we want people to see it on a regular basis. Pick out the highlights of your day or your week and talk about them. Share them in a status report. Do something to make sure people know what you're doing. The RISE process walks you through that. It helps you understand why you want visibility in the reflect step. It helps you think about what you're going to do with it, how you're going to do it. What are you going to do when you lose motivation? Because that may happen. It's not an easy overnight process. It's going to take time. The ideate step allows you to look at ideas the ideas that I have, the ideas that you have of your own, and start to think about what does that mean for you? How can you do this? 
The select step is about selecting which ideas you really want to focus on. I don't want people to select so many that it's overwhelming. I want them to pick three or four to really focus on and do. But I also want them to think about how can they measure success? Are they going to ask for feedback? Are they going to evaluate for themselves? What are they going to do to know whether it's successful? The evaluate step is really interesting because you're going to get data from feedback that you get from other people, but you're also going to look at it from your own standpoint and measure whether or not you've been doing the things that you want to do. Are you moving the needle in the way that you want to on the traits that you have and starting to show up differently? Are people starting to notice? One of the things that can hold people back is the imposter syndrome. If you're not familiar with it, I list out six different types in the book. And the reason I pick those is because many different groups have named them different things. I actually created my own names to go along with them because I wanted them to be simple and easy to understand. I wanted you to know what's happening in the imposter syndrome because that is the one area that if you don't realize it and you don't know that it's happening for you, it will hold you back. It will keep you from being visible. These things happen at different times for people. I just saw a study that it happens to over 70% of leaders in the U.S. alone at different times in their career. Most times it happens when you're starting something new, something you haven't done before, something that's you're feeling a little insecure about because you haven't tried it before. You may have a lot of perfectionism or procrastination. Those are all forms of imposter syndrome. And all it's doing is keeping you from taking action, keeping you hidden, and keeping you from being the person that you could be as a leader. So learning about imposter syndrome and how that can impact you is an important step in the process. We also talked about vanilla versus rocky road situations. We used to call it that in IT world because we had different use cases. The things that we would build for vanilla situations, the things that happened every day versus the rocky road situations, those one-off situations that we had to make sure were in the IT program, but weren't always going to happen. And they were far more complex. I wanted to include this in the book because there are always going to be situations that are new, that are different. The pandemic, for example, when I was writing the book was a big rocky road situation. No one was ready for that. No one knew what that was going to mean. Maybe companies weren't prepared to work from home. They weren't prepared to be remote. Some people had never done that and didn't think it was possible. I think we proved that to be false. Everyone has found a way to work from home if they needed to. There are so many situations that have come up in terms of how to be visible remotely. How do I deal with that? Many people have a limiting belief that it's not possible. It's absolutely possible. Does it take intention? Yes. Does it require consistency? Absolutely. But it's possible. I've had people who transitioned from one company to another and did a complete onboarding remotely. They met with people remotely. They figured out all the processes and procedures they needed to do. They got trained and they were really effective really quickly because they were intentional. So don't feel like it's a limiting factor that if you're working remotely, you can't be visible to people. You absolutely can. You just have to be smart about it and take action. I have ideas in the book that help you with that because I know it's not easy for everyone to do that. And it may be a struggle to think about ways to do it for yourself, especially if you're more introverted, because people who are introverted sometimes will hold themselves back, trying to avoid the limelight, trying to avoid the spotlight that might be shined on them. I wanted introverts to also see that it's possible for them to do things as well. There are so many personal stories in the book that I have of my own situation, but I also wanted to talk about my clients. I wanted them to be able to share stories that they've been through, the challenges that they've faced. And in all situations, the book isn't all about just the business side. 
I actually talk about some of my personal life. That might sound strange for a business book, but I thought it was important because there was a pivotal moment in my life that made me realize that I was being more visible at work, but I was not doing it at home. I wanted to change how people saw me at work, but I realized I wasn't doing that at home. I wasn't setting a good example for my kids. I wasn't showing up in the best way that I could for my family. I share that in the last chapter of the book because I wanted people to understand that that was another pivotal moment for me to realize that my daughter was seeing me in a way that wasn't very visible and she was following in my footsteps. I wanted her to see that it's possible for her to do that, that she can speak up and ask for what she wants. And in order for her to do that, I needed to change. I needed to show up differently. And that day was a big moment for me where I started doing things differently on purpose. I started being very vocal about things I didn't want to do or things I did want to do. I started not just settling for things. I started sharing ideas that I really thought were important. And I really encouraged all my kids to speak up for themselves and to ask for what they wanted. Those are moments that you can't change. If I could go back in time and learn all that, I would. But I think it's important if you are a parent and you're not showing your kids what it's like to be visible, they may not know. If you are like me, I just didn't want my daughter to be in her 40s before she figured out how to be visible. It's important that you start to set the example for your kids. And if this book in any way helps you learn how to do that for yourself at work or at home, that's what I'm looking for. When I moved forward on the publishing process, I had decisions to make. I had to decide whether or not I wanted to self-publish or whether I wanted to work with a publisher. I chose to self-publish. That may not be everybody's choice. But I learned a lot in the process of how to do that. I went and asked for trade reviews. Trade reviews were something that I didn't understand, and I thought it might be helpful to explain them to you and why they're important. Trade reviews are what people use to decide whether or not they want to buy the book. So think about Barnes & Noble, think about libraries. People who are trying to decide whether or not they want to bring a book into their library will look at trade reviews and make those decisions. Big companies like Barnes & Noble or Target or Amazon use these as well to make those decisions. A few examples are Publishers Weekly said, The Visibility Factor is a clear-eyed, persuasive, and encouraging guide to standing out for the better as a leader within a company. Blue Ink Reviews said, Full of solution-oriented encouragement and any ambitious worker who follows the suggested steps is sure to benefit from Barber's valuable advice. Clarion said, the visibility factor is an enthusiastic career guide for people looking to be noticed at work while remaining true to themselves. And Kirkus said, a detailed look at how to become a better leader through self-understanding. You might wonder, are these really important? Are they important to have? They're absolutely important because these are what people look at to make decisions on whether or not to bring a book into their organization. I wanted to make sure that I had the best shot at getting this book in front of as many people as possible. And if I don't talk about it, and if I don't share it, then I'm not really living the visibility story that I am talking to all of you about. I wanted to do this podcast as part of that concept too, to help the book get out there, to get it in front of as many people. The podcast is another way for me to talk about visibility with as many people as possible and help them understand the importance of it. I definitely didn't have that knowledge when I was starting out. I didn't understand that it was important. And it's definitely not something that's talked about in Leadership 101 classes. There was no class that I saw that talked about this. And I began to think, is there a secret class that I don't know about that I should be taking? 
how do all these other people know? This is why I wrote the book. This is why I'm doing the podcast. Because I don't want it to be secret knowledge anymore. I don't want it to be some secret thing that nobody knows about. I'm talking about it all over social media because I want you to know that you should do it. And don't be afraid to do it. You can just share information with people that starts to get you recognition for the things that you're doing and the value that you provide. I hope this inside look has given you a sense of what it's like to write a book and all that goes into it. I hope it's also given you some ideas of things to think about for your own visibility. I hope the book would be of interest to you to help you walk through the step-by-step process of RISE and create your own action plan. We'll be talking about all of these things on the podcast as well, but I think sometimes having a book in front of you can just help you do the steps for yourself. There are also videos on my website that you can look at if you have questions about the RISE process and the step-by-step process to go through. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. I hope you've learned some things that will help you think about yourself for visibility, but maybe if you're interested in writing a book, it gets you excited about doing something like that for yourself. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me since I wrote a book and tell me that that's been their secret dream as well. If it's yours, reach out to me. I'm happy to connect you with my community and see if it might be a fit for you too. Here's our visibility tip for today. If you want to write a book that changes the world, take your time. You can't just throw those ideas together and hope for the best. You have to take your time and make sure that those ideas are going to be something that people can relate to, something that they can really connect with. And don't worry how long that timeline is. Take as long as you need to to make sure it's a book that really connects with people and really helps to send the message that you want to send out into the world. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor podcast.